millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. G'day and welcome to this week's segment of Farm Yarns where we dive behind the audio to find out who inspires our guests, what motivates them, what they would like to debunk and also what resources they lean on to get the most out of their agri-business. So let's get down to it, Farm Yarns. Nikki, thank you very much for coming on the podcast earlier on the week and talking all things ag tech, OptiWay on the OptiWay series. But now we get to talk about and have a farm yarn. See who Nikki is behind the audio. What drives you? Who inspires you? And maybe if you've got some resources that you go to to learn for yourself, but also maybe for your clients as well. But maybe completely opposite from agriculture, how you find some personal time for yourself. So welcome to Farm Yarns. Thanks, Jack. Thanks for having me. Great to have you here. So. Let's kick it off and see what's Nikki's morning routine. Do you have a morning routine or is it a bit sporadic? Um, I have a 10-month-old daughter, so my morning routine ranges from complete chaos to semi-controlled chaos, <laughs> as well as all, all my animals, my horses, dogs. Um, so, yeah, get up, pretty much make sure everyone's fed and then try and get out the door on time, which never happens um yeah a, a busy and demanding morning for sure are you a coffee 100%. person you'd have to yeah be. yeah yep i'm a much nicer person with coffee i'm quite uh honest about that yeah. <laughs> i can't really understand why people don't drink coffee um especially like not even one in the morning they're a hot chocolate you go to the cafe and they just order a hot chocolate instead it's the middle of the day yeah, raises a lot of questions, I think. Yep. Absolutely. So for yourself, who inspires you? Could be personally, professionally, or a lot of the farmers on here, they tend to just summarize it down into a group. Is there a group of people out there that 
you're inspired by and sort of kicked you along in your career? Um, I'd, I'd definitely say, you know, I, I look at a lot of the, the research that goes on, a lot of the um, farmers that are sort of the most progressive in the field. I look at this, a lot of stuff that's happening overseas, particularly in the States, you yeah. know, from their, their breeding and fertility. Um, I think, you know, just people inspire me, the ones that are really trying to challenge what what we're doing and why and really trying to improve those outcomes um and a lot of that you know it's coming back to nutrition for me that's real keen interest yeah great stuff and i think if we live to 200 years i'd do like a another gap here at each country of agriculture just to see what they do a little bit differently because i think to get that sort of experience would play um play really well in your favor coming back home i'd think but it'd take a while wouldn't it 220 countries or something oh, yeah Absolutely. I suppose I've been lucky that I've, you know, throughout my career worked in most states um, in Australia, but, and had a short stint in, um, in America. Systems, different way of doing things, different breeds. Yep. Yeah, it's huge, um, hugely valuable. Huge advantage as well. So for yourself, this is a great question that I've had some really, unreal answers come off the back of in 60 seconds tell me your first memory that you had on farm and maybe your farm or another farm that you went on at the time um i grew up on a farm in tassie and i'd have to say one of my first memories is probably of you know i used to inherit a lot of the old working dogs as my pets and just yep yelling at the top of my lungs to deaf old kelpies that <laughs> would not even respond while they're going to find something dead to eat or roll in and, and then proceed to try and lick me thereafter. Um, that's probably a fairly common memory for me. That's a great one. I love that question because you can never actually pick um, what the guests would say on there. And I definitely wouldn't have picked <laughs> deaf old Kelpies um, coming away as your first memory. But moving on from the Kelpies, um, a myth that you'd like to debunk about farming within your sort of area your topics i think the image of farming is changing and probably needs to change i i look at you know a lot of the the thought around you know old farmers and we're broken down and struggling where i think you know a lot of these days progressive business people that are you know really caring about their stock and really trying to do a good job so i think um farming you know is a lot more professional um and you know, the guys that are doing well are running successful businesses. We're not, you know, a lot of the imagery that we might have thought of thought of back in the day. Yeah, I like that one. I'd like to get rid of the imagery of the overalls, the checkered shirt and a bloody pitchfork with a bit of hay on it. I think we need to create a few more different emojis related to Australian agriculture um, and also the generic photos. And the Terry Towling hat. Yeah, ab absolutely. Um, that'd be a great one just to get rid of that sort of image and give us a little refresh. That was a good one. For anything in Australian agriculture, one thing that you'd like to change about it to work better, efficiencies, maybe about communication, um, something left of field maybe, what would that be? I think uh, probably the adaption for new research and really sort of honing in and, and making sure, you know, that, the, the key problems on farm are getting research we're getting that information and um, I suppose and it 
and adapting to that. I think really focusing on progression and and trying to move forward. Um, yeah, I think that's a good one. I'd add in to research for the minority sort of sectors of what agricultural is. I think there's a lot of research and funding going into these bigger sectors. Um, obviously, the majority is in there, but these sort of niche sectors might be left behind, but also add a lot of value and especially niche products sort of thing going to consumers as well, high value sort of stuff. Um, but that's a good one. Thank you. And land care within Australian agriculture for farmers, if we don't look after our soils now, we're not going to have a farm in 10 years. What would be the best sort of way that you see passing on sort of land care expertise to this generation, but also the next generation coming through, maybe even your daughter? I think educating people um, and for us, you know, on farm is really focusing on uh, grazing management, um, you know, educating ourselves around, you know, the damage that we can do and making sure we've got good ground cover. But I think, you know, for the next generation, it, it's just all about educating um, those people so they know what we're doing and why and really trying to improve that system. Absolutely. And passing on a bit of farm's advice to improve not only the next generation but also for our generation there's a lot that can be done these next few years especially on our own farms but also the wider community but as a bit of a tongue twister if you weren't doing what you're doing what would you be doing probably still something working with animals um yeah. i don't know maybe training dogs or horses probably not good enough to do that but i'd enjoy it equine would be pretty cool i wouldn't mind that as well yeah, Cheap horse, matter so. I'd be. I, they're a bit too big for me. I don't go too much on horses. Um, but yeah, that's an interesting one just to see what people get out and what they actually wanted to do other than farming. But for, for yourself, learning as a farmer, but also within your consultancy, how do you learn and what sort of resources do you lean on? I use a whole range of things, to be honest. Um, anything from podcasts to you know, looking at my bookshelf, buying, you know, back to Google, just trying to use many ways to educate yourself. And, you know, if you can't find an answer on something, just just keep looking. But, uh, yeah, use a whole range of things. Yeah, Absolutely. There's a huge wealth of resources out there for personal development, but also within agriculture and it's only growing i think podcast is a great platform for on the go but it's obviously not going to answer all the questions all the expertise aren't on podcasts as well but that led me into the next question what are those book recommendations you've got on your shelf um none of them are probably that exciting <laughs> as far as they're fairly heavy like i'm i'm doing some study at the moment so i'm reading the nutrient requirements of beef cattle um which i probably wouldn't recommend as a light read uh to be honest outside of that I, i'm kind of reading fairly heavy nutrition stuff just yeah to help me with my exam coming up beautiful well you've got to get the information in some way but what sort of question this question is a good one. What sort of question would you like to ask the next guest without asking, um, without knowing, sorry, who they are? That's probably a tricky question. Um, it could I... be about farming or it could be completely about something else. We had something, what was the last 
major um, like national park you went to? One of my old bosses, whenever we were out for a sort of company dinner, would always throw that question around, what was your death row meal? I think that would probably be death my question. Meal. That's a good yep. one. And also, Bill's asked a question. What What's your thoughts about being risky within risk management within Australian agriculture on farm, but also maybe your personal development journey, risk in education, in coming up for that exam? What How do you work with risk within agriculture? I think working in ag, you know, there's so many elements of risk and I think you know, if you don't, um, it can sort of be a bit of a handbrake. Um, so I suppose my attitude is, you know, you analyse something, you look at what what the potential benefits are, what the risk is, and just weighing up that decision. But I, I think, you know, as long as you can, uh, I suppose, identify some of the risks, you know, just trying to let it not. I just lost you there on that last one. Trying to identify some of the risks. So my advice would be, or my attitude, I suppose, is to, you know, there's so many risks when it comes to managing livestock and, yeah. and the farming system. So, you know, just preparing and planning as best you can um, and just, you know, trying not to let the, the fear of something happening be the reason to not try um, to progress. Beautiful. Yeah, I love that one. I think it plays out quite importantly and a good one for the listeners to take home from this little episode. Well, Nikki, thank you very much for coming on to a farm yarn. Always good to have a yarn with a farmer and also from your position as a consultant for your clients. Really good to have you on for both episodes and hopefully we'll keep in touch further down the track. Thanks for tuning in to another cracking segment of Farm Yarns there with Nikki, and it's always good to find out who the person is behind the audio, what they're doing, what inspires them, and what motivates them to get through their day-to-day to reach their end goal. I think in agriculture, we all have an end goal, and it's just another way of finding those out within Farm Yarns segment on the FarmsWise podcast. But if you did like today's episode, give us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. It really just helps us reach the other farmers out there that may be needing the same information as what you did. If you haven't used it, pass this information on across on social media, the new word of mouth in agriculture. Twitter's flying quite high for farmers out there, so it'd be great if you can pass on the message of this episode. But until then, next Tuesday, keep on farming. In the spirit of reconciliation, the Farms Advice podcast acknowledges the traditional custodians of country for Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respect to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today.
Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.